World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to Creepypodsta. I mean, ho ho ho, Merry Christmas. It's uh, the Christmas episode of the podcast. We have the normal uh, episode that we're doing. Um, Phil, turn your speaker down a little bit, because uh, I'm getting loud. Uh, uh, well, that's technical. I'm leaving it in. This is my monologue part, where I don't plan what I'm going to say beforehand. I just start going. La la la. Here we, here we are. This episode I'm is going to come out. I'm um, and controls. I'm taking care of all the problems. Wow, you are so uh, you're loud. Not on the sh- you're not on the show yet. Uh, yeah, him being loud is better than us being loud through his mic, though. Uh, this episode is going to come out on the 22nd of December, uh, just in time for you to listen to it as you're flying, driving, or taking the train to Christmas. Uh, you can probably hear in the background my cat playing with Christmas garbage, because I've been wrapping gifts and unwrapping Amazon on things, so there are boxes and tape all over. Uh, it's very exciting a time to be a cat. Anyway, this is a show where we talk about horror things. Uh, I spent yesterday frantically googling uh, Christmas creepypasta trying to find something to do for today's episodes. Uh, and I did find a story, and I've brought two fan-favorite guests, uh, well, and also two of my closest friends to be on the show. I have with me Judd Matarang, Hi, it's me, the Hi, Ghost of Christmas it's Jed. Me, it's me, Jed Matarang. No. <laughs> no! And Phil Corso. <laughs> it's me, Phil Corso. My mic's really wrong. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you were both supposed Hi, to both claim That's to be Jed. both people. Yeah. Uh, listen, the only time people can't tell the difference between podcast hosts is if they have really similar voices or they're women. Uh, because Not because women sound the same, but because we're raised in a sexist society where we don't hear enough women's voices to be able to differentiate their uh, tones. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a real problem, especially in podcasting, where it's well, like mostly white dudes. Uh, I say that as a white dude with three podcasts. <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> I guess I accidentally, um, uh, what's the word for when you, when white people move into a poor neighborhood? Gentrified uh, gentr- podcast. Oh, gentrification. Yeah, you didn't I'm, do it alone. I'm gentrifying the internet. I'm gentrifying the internet. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the internet probably did that. Anyway, the, this isn't the politics podcast, it's the creepypasta podcast. <laughs> so we want to talk about, uh, a story from creepypasta.com called The Perfectly Behaved Boy, colon, a dark Christmas tale. And now, despite the, despite that horrible title, it's, uh, pretty good. I liked it. Um, it's, uh, uh, who wants to recap it? Uh, Judd, you just read the other one, so maybe you should recap that because it's fresh in your mind. So let's get Phil to recap The Perfectly Behaved Boy. Sure. Right. So, yeah, yeah, we can do this. The Perfectly Behaved Boy. It starts off with uh, this boy, dis- or this person describing um, himself having been a very well-behaved boy named Miles, and that he is now uh, a perfectly behaved person. And so he goes into the story about how that, how that came to be. 
and uh, he was very well behaved. And so this one day, um, it was two days before Christmas. Uh, the words that I spoke felt foreign as they came out of my mouth. Just one of his misdeeds that he made was yelling at his parents that he didn't want them to be anymore. He doesn't want them to talk to him ever again. Go away. And he could see that his parents were very hurt by this and all that. Um, and so then... Yeah, we've all Christmas been there. We all say terrible things people we care about. What was that? I said, we've all been there. We've all said terrible things to people we care about. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, awful things to our parents, yeah. You know, yeah, it's an extremely uh, I, I relatable for a story living. in I, that way. I was reading the story earlier, and and I, I, I babysit for a living. And go away, I don't want you to be here anymore. I don't want you to talk to me ever again. Is like kindergarten grade compared to what the boy that I babysit says about like himself oh, no. and to his parents. It's like. <laughs> It's so crazy. This the kid. This kid that I babysit is so anxious. But that really stuck out to me because he was like, I could see the hurt in my parents' eyes. Meanwhile, the kid that I babysit is like, I'm leaving my family. I'm never coming back here again. I should die. I'm gonna go kill myself. He's like six. Oh well. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I I work with some very uh, precocious kids, and uh, some of them say even even worse things. Like they really they actually insult not not with like playground insults they actually like go for the jugular like some of these kids are like questioning me about my life choices and i'm and then i go home and i'm like yeah maybe i should think about these over again <laughs> yeah they're... hey mr judd why is your hair so bad did nobody ever teach you how to take care of yourself they i don't know why these kids are 40 me. and from the Bronx, but you know <laughs> hey uh, mr judd uh you know, I just opened my painting business. I uh, was wondering if maybe you uh, want a job uh, every other Saturday or something. Painting fences? <laughs> I'm 12. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually uh, it's it's a school for uh, children who have very funny voices, and that's, it's a that's school it. for yeah. for child contractors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the story continues. Right, so to continue on, uh, it's Christmas Eve, and oh boy, does the boy's wish come true! Um, uh, a, a strange man appears in the boy's room at night uh, with a cigarette. And he can yeah, see some the kind world. of uh, bad Santa. <laughs> some kind of weird guy shows up, and yeah, he's got a cigarette. Nobody, the boy can't tell. Miles can't tell how he got in, and uh, he basically says, uh, "I'm the opposite. I'm the anti Santa. You piece of shit, kid." And, um, <laughs> and he says, "I give, I give what good kids and bad kids want. I give it, I give it to them. Yeah." And so then, uh, because the kid said, "I don't want, I don't want you to be around anymore," then the guy goes in and like, I guess, decapitates the kid's parents. Um, and. And then the kid, uh, like, after the guy leaves the room uh, and closes the door, the kid, like, doesn't know what to do. So he, he gets up and goes and looks in his parents' room. And he doesn't, you know, and then, he, like, it's like a, you know, a smash cut from there. He doesn't remember what happened next. The next thing he remembers is lying in the street, flailing around, saying, they're dead, they're dead. So then his, like, the aunt and uncle or something like that take him take him in. And, um... His, uh, uh, uncle, uncle Ben and Aunt May, they take him, take him in. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Ben, yeah, in Queens. That's where, uh... Yeah, his uncle Owen and Aunt That's where our particular hero learned to be a contractor. <laughs> it was in Queens. Um... <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, so what, what is it like? Uncle Anton and uh, Aunt. Oh man. Oh uh, well, yeah, name? I guess they do have names, huh? I don't remember. Janine. Yeah. Aunt Janine. Uncle Anton and Aunt Janine. Um, yeah, well, anyway, so uh, they're trying to take care of this kid and they managed to get him like back to a good psychological state uh, during the year. And then uh, like the, the holiday season starts to roll around since all that junk went down at Christmas. Like he starts to become more anxious when he starts to see holiday things going up. Um, and he starts to become anxious that that guy is going to come back. Right. There was like a police investigation after all of it happened. And like the boy didn't really seem to get the sense that anybody believed him when he talked about there was being a guy. Um, because he, he like moved so supernaturally and he closed the door without, you know, without actually doing it. Like he said he could read the boy's yeah, the, mind um, and stuff like that. The, the guy was smoking a cigarette and threw it into the corner of the room, but they weren't able to find any physical evidence that anyone had been there. So yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. He threw the cigarette in the corner of the room, but they didn't find it. The boy said that that's what he did, but like they didn't find it. So everybody's sort of like, not really sure what to make of his, like him saying this. Anyway, When was the story made? Because, if it's old, we can update it and say that he was in a corner vaping like a big-ass cloud <laughs> just came from the corner. <laughs> he's like, he's like well, hey, kid. He's we'll have to wait things. to update it. He's blowing, blowing. Because <laughs> this part is 30 years from the past of the present. So. Uh, no, this, this was in... Oh, right. We'll have to wait 30 years and then update it. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely. This is the other timeline. Uh, this kid is Ed Harris in the future. <laughs> Uh, I guess spoilers for Westworld. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh-oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoops, whoops. We'll just, we'll just nah. cut that what out. What should we do? Should we edit that out? <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> we'll just put something really... We'll just put, like, a really nice message. We'll just take that out and be like, ha- be happy. Get no. good to your friends and family. Um, okay. I'm just, well, that's what you should do. Just take that little right. snippet of but what yeah, I I'm said and just do, replace it. I don't there. do that much work for this show. I don't know um, who you think I am. <laughs> God damn, I'll do it. Um, right. So, uh, it's um, like time goes on. He eventually gets over it. He goes to like uh, where the was crazy I? hospital for a little bit, uh, and then like he's like, "Oh, I was happy because my birthday was in October, and it was like the first time I was really happy. Like everyone in the community <clears throat> came out. Nobody was mean to me at school." Uh, right, 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 right. But then yeah. it starts to go downhill from there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So it's 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 getting closer and closer to the holiday season. And he has like a freak out. He's eating ice cream with his aunt. They go out. Yeah, she puts him. Um, she puts him on house arrest. They were trying to keep him not Sorry. She puts, she yeah, puts him on house arrest like, for a long time. They were not going to get Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't, yeah. She doesn't want him to see any holiday shit because she thinks it's going to trigger him. I felt like there was like, that was kind of like the kind of moral point that the person who wrote this story was trying to make about like how things can be triggering in, in that way. Mm, when Yeah, I was, I was impressed with how well. Um, and I think it was I was pretty, impressed with how well the story actually dealt with trauma. It doesn't usually. I thought do, that was like, pretty effective. You don't yeah. expect a creepypasta. Like the yeah. person does, like never knows about the yeah, subject it was, matter. Yeah, it was really nice and smooth through the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, it, he's getting more and more afraid as it as it like gets close to the holiday season. And once Christmas Eve comes, um, he is invited to sleep in the bed in the same room as his aunt and uncle, just because he's extra like spooked. Um, and so uh, right, but oh right, uh, his uncle goes through this whole thing where he's like, look at how look at how goddamn secure the windows are 
Like, I imagined he was, like, sort of like Hank Hill. Being like, these windows are double-pane, superheated, propane-tempered windows. No one is coming in <laughs> Yeah, then he's like, out. oh, also, I got this um, sweet side piece. Or, like, I'll uh, shoot him if he comes anywhere near us. Wait, did you just say no one is no one is coming out? Does that mean he... Right, yeah. <laughs> is he locked in? Did he just lock himself into a box? No one can come uh, yeah. in or out. We're stuck here. We he did, <laughs> yeah, and his fucking uncle flashed. This in is that a panic room. So. This is a reverse panic room. Oops, uh, I anyway, built a so. reverse panic room. I'm stuck inside. <laughs> <laughs> You're not locked in here with us. Anyone They're can open it from the outside, but all of us are inside. You and me. I'm locked in with my thoughts. <laughs> 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 okay, so then the really creepy stuff happens. Um, so uh, it's uh, he's sleeping in there. Christmas oh, the Eve, nothing thing really happens, um, and he's like afraid to look the, and see um, if his. When they're at the ice cream shop, there's a decoration of like a Santa, and it says, "What will you wish for?" Uh, which is specifically what sets uh, what sets Miles off because he's like, "Oh man, that uh, that Billy Bob Thornton character asked me what I yeah uh, that is what I wish makes for." Yeah. Wish at that yeah. point, he says, "I just want them back." And from this point on, I'm like, uh, "Those mysterious, yeah, those uh, mysterious yeah, right. heads." I just want uh, that's right. I'm like, "Oh, cool! You just right. telegraphed your twist real hard, but uh, it's well written, yeah. so I'll forgive you." <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, then so right. So then all that happens, and he's sleeping in their room on Christmas Eve. Um, and he gets up there fine. Uh, he's like worried that they might not be okay, but they're okay. Uh, and then he uh sort of walks into the other room. And he notices a big wrapped, like a very intricately wrapped gift. Uh, it looks like one of those like presents that you see in TV shows where like the top is wrapped individually and they just take it off. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, a Christmas present. Maybe Santa blah. Or, well, no, he doesn't. He says he doesn't believe in Santa. Maybe they were, they're going to, maybe Antonine and Uncle Anton were going to give me a present after all. But he looks in and lo and behold, he gets his parents back in the form of their uh, desiccated corpse heads. Uh, their decapitated uh, yeah, it was real. It was a real Chekhov's head situation. Dry Those heads uh, <laughs> were hung on the wall in Act 1 only to get fired <laughs> yeah. in Act 3. Yeah, that was a, a real careful planning that that whatever um, mystery guy had, right? He was like, "I'll hold on to these because yeah, I you know, you never know when you're going to need some kids' parents' heads." And he was just hoping that like one year in the future he'd be like, "Man, I really <laughs> miss my parents. I wish I had them back." And he's like, "I got just a thing. Hold on, hang on. Let me go get them." <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, you, this you. story feels a lot like uh, um, someone heard the uh, title "Bad Santa." and was like, yeah, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, when I, in my... <laughs> in my head, I, I did yeah. imagine Billy Bob Thornton I'm going to take that one in a different direction, Mr. Yeah, Billy Bob. That's, he's the person I put in there, like the visual. Same. For, yeah. All right, anyway. Uh, really? He said he had oh, long really? black hair. Uh, I know, like, but what... I sort of kind of imagined making <laughs> That's pretty good, too. All right, so, finish us out. Uh, but with like a sort of like little southern twang, you know. What happened? Yeah, well, everything's fine. Here. Finish us out. Everything, <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> everything's fine. Good. Just waiting on you to finish the story. Just. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sorry. All right, everything is fine right now. Still recording um, the episode. Okay. So yeah, so the heads are in the box. <laughs> 
Uh, and then, so what, uh, what happens? Uh, the, the guy comes oh, back, the, the, the guy appears, uh, right? In does the house? he? Yeah. I, no, he appears, he appeared in a dream the night before, uh, yeah, and oh, was yeah. like, uh, you did make a wish. And then he wakes up and finds the gift. Oh um, yeah. 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 That's and then right. we I get the, about the that. epilogue. Being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Perfectly says, behaved uh, yeah. boy, because I could never, ever express a desire ever again, or it would be like monkeys pawed into my my life yeah and then eventually he's like so sick of it that like the idea here is that you know he's finally said i, I want this to be finished or whatever so it's christmas eve and he's gonna go to bed yeah he says i don't want the memories anymore and the best way for that to happen is for him to just be dead is for him to get his gat dang yep, head and put cut in a off. gift box for another naughty child um what do we think of this story? Oh, well. What did you think of this? One? I liked it. Oh. Uh, quite a, I liked it quite a bit. I thought the uh, it was very well written. The plot was kind of predictable, but uh, I forgave mm. it because the actual form of the prose was pretty good, uh, which is unusual for a creepypasta. It's usually like, oh, that was a clever idea. I wish the person who wrote it had uh, ever Ooh. practiced writing before. But this was kind of the opposite, where I'm like, uh, the idea isn't isn't entirely original, but like. Like, it's well-written enough that I can forgive that. I feel very strongly <laughs> in the other direction. I think it was... Well, maybe we had a different experience of it, because I, I listened to someone I read it. I think it was, like... T- uh, I read it aloud myself. <laughs> and he read it aloud and um, recorded it, and he played it back I, for himself. I thought it was very wordy. <clears throat> no, no, I, I listened to someone on YouTube read it for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I meant Phil. Um, I, I'm kind of in the middle oh, of the I road <laughs> between you between you two because I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Like I, I didn't think it was terrible. I, I definitely agree with Jeff. A lot of the points were uh, pretty predictable. Um, but I but Phil, I feel like there are so many worse written creepypastas, especially ones on this show that even, that even you and I have, have oh, done definitely. together um, of like very poorly written ones. I think as, as far as this one goes, it's like the top 5% of like the, you know, the quality of writing, I would say, compared to all the other ones. Listen, we're, we're guess, judging these, guess, yeah, we're, we're judging these relatively, all the other ones relatively speaking. Yeah, I've become a big fan of uh, less high quality literature <laughs> but, um, ever since taking over the, uh, <laughs> the sacred duty of reading and reporting back on all the creepypastas <laughs> in the world, uh, which that's the updated goal of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very charming. It's very charming to read some of these yeah. things, regardless of how how well they might be. Um, but um, I guess what I, I should like sort of separate kind of what I mean. It's I, I think that there were a bunch of really great ideas and some ideas that were presented with nice pacing, uh, like this idea of of trauma and how like some trauma that you've experienced can like you know come back as a result of something. Um, and I I thought that was really nice. I I feel though like in the writing of it that this person was trying to uh, like was using this as like kind of like a showcase for their vocabulary it seems like which i mean i guess is you know i can't really fault the writer for that that's maybe what a writer is trying to do in some sometimes but i thought it was being like really i, I don't know i thought there it was, was some very stilted verbose, language like, like you could have used more natural sounding words if you're if you're talking to someone and telling yeah. them a story you don't you don't usually use words like that but yeah i get it right especially when you're just like describing yourself right. as like a child like this this strikes me as being written by somebody who's not far enough away from childhood to like maybe think back on it with with like uh 
I don't know, a little yeah, bit Yeah, that's one clarity. of the... I don't know. That's one of the interesting things about <laughs> any of the stories we read that are like, this weird thing happened to me when I was a kid. So, I was six, and I remember all this perfectly. And it's like, uh, you must be, like, 15 writing this if yeah. you can remember so perfectly what happened when you were, like, barely capable of... <laughs> like object permanence <laughs> right yeah but uh this one yeah i kind of get the feeling that this may have been yeah maybe like a 20 something or like a high school or college yeah. student or something like that I, maybe yeah. i mean i thought it was a, a very good very delicate handling of uh ptsd i mean you don't read a lot of stories where that is kind of you know one of one of the characters you could even say um, is like that, that sense of anxiety and, and the way that he talked about himself and how he felt and, yeah, you know, all of the things that would make him think about stuff. And just when you think that you're feeling safe, something could, you know, trigger you and there you are, you're like reliving that, uh, terrible moment like that. I thought it was pretty good. Someone who has, uh, you know, more than an elementary understanding of, um, how PTSD works. Um, so I thought, I thought that was, that was good. Yeah. The whole story ends up kind of being an interesting metaphor for, uh, the way childhood trauma will affects people for their entire lives. Um, because it's, it's literally like in any horror story, the internal, uh, experience is externalized as a, a boogeyman of some kind. In this case, the, uh, the bad Santa. But, um, the, the internal thing that he represents is childhood trauma because this person has, this person, Miles, has changed their entire life, has shaped every moment of their being around the fact that they suffered this, um, horrible instance of violence when they were young and, Yes, within the context of the story, it's a very real threat that this is going to continue happening, but the metaphor level is when someone suffers trauma in their childhood, that informs the rest of their life such that uh, even other unrelated instances of trauma later in their life feel somehow related, and uh, the story demonstrates that by having it be literally true. Um, and I, I find that uh, interesting, because it's not so explicitly stated, but it is very much a part of the story, so like there's one level where this is just a story like a Krampus story and then another level where this is a story about uh, something that we all experience, where we are stuck with experiences that shape our lives. Yeah, I, I mean, you. that's a great point. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that, that the storytelling was, yeah, awesome. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting, because um, I went into this blind like, I literally just went on creepypasta.com to the search bar and typed in Christmas and picked one that seemed that, like, it wouldn't take too long to read and that had good reviews. <laughs> like, I read yeah. maybe two sentences of this before I sent it to both of you. <laughs> I mean, it has, it's, it's good. It has, uh, 9.2 pumpkins yeah. out of 10 pumpkins. <laughs> or 9.2 jack-o'-lanterns out of 10 jack-o'-lanterns on creepypasta.com. So, oh, yeah. And that's almost a thousand <laughs> jack o' lanterns. And that's true. A thousand and that's wings. terrible. Uh, so, uh, that's a good. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, what's the spookiest part of the story for you, Judd? Um, here, I have it, I have it highlighted right here. Ah, the part towards the end where he says, uh, the ultimate truth that I learned from that day was that there could be no more mess-ups with my behavior and I could want for nothing. I was constantly being watched and my mind was being continuously invaded. Bad actions were severely punished and even good behavior would lead to its own sick and twisted reward. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, that, I think that was the, the part in the story where I actually got like a little shiver down my spine because, you know, that, what happens immediately before that is, uh, he has a dream about the guy and then he wakes up, he finds the heads and then he has that like slow realization like, oh my God, this is going to happen for the rest of my life. Like this guy's like always listening. He's always around. He yeah. is listening to my every thought. He's waiting for me to screw up and say something so that he can, you know, be that literal genie that like uh, misinterprets his wish on purpose. And then, you know, uh, does some more awful stuff. Or he, he even hints at that, I think. He says, like, oh, yeah, there's some other stuff that happens. Uh, inadvertently, I, I made a wish for something. Those slip-ups were very costly to me, but I don't care to recount them. Um, so you know yeah. that in the future, in those next 30 years, he, like, probably, you know, wished for someone to just, like, get sent to the sun, and they literally got sent to the sun. So... <laughs> oh, he could save us from all of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just one little Christmas wish. Let, can we talk about the the guy for a second, though? The the creepy guy. Like, I feel like we didn't spend yeah. enough time talking about the creepy genie or the what. Like, like what? I guess. Well, I'll say. You... Uh, well, yeah, we can. He's he's oh, yeah, he's my Santa. spookiest part. So we yeah we can talk about him uh, right now because it's the perfect time. Um, yeah, I thought that that whole character was very unsettling. It's almost like he didn't want to uh, necessarily be fulfilling anyone's wishes. He wanted to be doing violence. He makes it very clear that he wants uh, to do bad things to Miles, but he's like not allowed to and. It's uh, it's sort of. Ooh, I knocked my microphone. Uh, it sort of hints that there's some like even larger, darker figure in the right. background, like that this person is just an agent yeah, of like, some, like, Satan or something. There's like um, rules to this game that he's playing. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's very interesting because it almost like you could slot in just anyone in there. Like, it's not necessarily someone magical, it's just someone who, uh, like, some lost soul who's been tasked with this magical, uh, this magical duty to grimly fulfill children's wishes in a bad way. Yeah. Right, it, it, it kind of reminded me of, um, I'd read the book uh, Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, and it, it sort of did remind me of that, the, the character, like, one of the main characters Characters, I think the character that he opens the book with, uh, Crowley, he like uh, is that sort of same sort of like um, you know just sort of like lost soul working for Satan, yeah. and he has to go places and do things, and it sounds an awful lot like this guy. Yeah. yeah so Jack, what's, what were your what's thoughts the, on him? What's the deal with him? Uh, like, I don't know, like fixing his Chevy or whatever. Like, what was <laughs> what was the deal with that? <laughs> he had a, the kid had a dream of this guy's like working on his his car in a in a like a slimy garage, I think he calls it. Like that's uh, that's yeah. uh, his 
I guess like his hideout. He's like, he's like, we're not in your dream. You've never been here. We're in my dream. This is what I do in my spare time. I'm in a, I mean, I'm in a slimy garage. Like when he was in his life, maybe he was into cars and now he's like some undead vengeance spirit. And, uh, so his dream is to just go back to his simple life of cars. <laughs> The simple I, I, life I, of cars coming from Pixar next year. <laughs> it's 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 already so, it's a, it's so simple already. <laughs> it's it's the worst. Cars is the worst. Phil, what's your spookiest part? Uh, spookiest part is ah, the guy is very spooky. The parents' the heads in the box was very spooky. Um, ah, I think the spookiest part is um, what what was the spookiest part? <laughs> <laughs> probably that. Probably that. Un- it was all very spooky. Is <laughs> Uncle An- Anton showing his gun off to a kid? He's like, "Yeah, check this the, baby the out." Look, look. I like Christmas a whole lot. Well, the Who's and Down in Whoville like Christmas a lot. They turned Christmas on its head. That was fair. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. And then when when Su- little Susie, whose parents got their heads cut off. <laughs> Oh my god! Didn't, didn't care for it so much anymore. I don't like listening. Leave, leave me my Christmas. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. What you don't want a, a scary Christmas? Christmas? Is this like a cop out? Because you never said what your scariest part was. Yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, he doesn't like spooky Christmases. This is a very Donald Trump answer. You're just dodging the question by saying other like non sequiturs. Just, just like nice. They're trying to make answer, it my Christmas. Answer They're the trying question, to spook me out on Christmas, and, and I don't appreciate it. Sir, answer the I, question. I almost made you guys watch the. Look, let, the all right, Ma- many people that. are saying that 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 there's a war on Christmas. There's a war on Christmas. Um, okay, uh, Phil, give us your plugs instead. Then that was the spookiest part. Yeah. No, okay, I'll give you my sp- my spookiest part was the little was the garage scene where like you just kind of saw like this guy who has these weird powers just kind of like hanging out. Like it, it, it had a very like Death Note Shinigami sort of like feel to it, which is pretty <laughs> yeah, because they just like, just like hang out in a rock desert, anything, you know, just like <laughs> I can't get over why uh, that he keeps yeah, like, he said, like six throwing, times throwing how, dice how slimy it was. Like why you can dream any location, any location that you. You want and you choose a slimy he's a, garage. He's a, big, he's a slime boy. He likes the slime. <laughs> yeah, he chooses slimy garage. Yeah. Oh my god, that's the name of my neo grunge band, Slimy Garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Anyway, give um, us the plugs. Anyway, you can follow my my name is Phil. I'm I'm Big Phil. You can follow me on Twitter.com <laughs> Sora Agrees oh, no. he does. <laughs> Uh, he's regular size Phil. Uh, he's uh, about five 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 six. Judd, give us your. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm tall. Phil I'm tall, Judd. Of course, no. Five 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 six. Pure I'm I'm tall, Judd. You can find me on Twitter at Cephalexatic, and I'm six foot You're one. You're like five eight. <laughs> what? I'm six foot one. I earned the title tall, Judd. So. That's not that's Listen, not what I call myself. Nobody calls me that, but I feel like I I'm had to. F- I'm five four by the end of the day when my spine all compresses down. So anyone <laughs> above anyone above five seven is all the same height to me. When from, when, when Jeff gets from, back from a long day at the coal mines, <laughs> his spines all compressed together. 
No, this is a real thing. <laughs> you're taller when you wake up in the morning than when you are done your day. It's true. It's yeah. I I think they call it what uh, gravity. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Very good film. <laughs> well, then uh, you need so to you do know. like I do it. Then you need to do like I do and just lay in fucking bed all day. <laughs> oh man, I would love that. Uh, so you, so you can tall. find me on Twitter, J3FK. Go to weaponizedlanguage.com, Listen to my other podcasts. And oh, this episode has the perfect sign-off line. Go away. I don't want you to be here anymore. I don't want you to talk to me ever again. <laughs> I give it a nine point. I give it a nine point two jack o' lanterns out of ten. <laughs> Thank you.